Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to the heart of the Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos have it all to do at Tynecastle against Norwegian outfit Rosenborg and discussing our defeat in Norway and dismal draw against Kilmarnock in the capital is me, Adam Kennedy, and I'm joined, as always, by Daniel McIver. How are you, McIver? Did you have a nice birthday? It was good, thank you very much. It was good. Uh, I've had a week off. Tomorrow's my first day back at work. So Feel older great. and wiser? Oh, definitely. Have you met me? Of course I am. <laughs> uh, I've had a new bathroom installed. That was fun. <laughs> just oh, you're a, a, you're a, a grown-up young man, aren't you? That's I know. Honestly, I, I cannot tell you how excited I was to have a new shower and I got a wet wall installed. And it was the most exciting thing that's happened to me this year. <laughs> it was class. How are you? Crikey. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm decent, mate. This... This whole process feels a bit funny because usually it, in kind of this order, it's differing because usually we dive straight into around the grounds, but there's none of this domestic malarkey to, to start off this episode. Instead, all eyes were on us in Europe. What a bizarre yep. and really scary thought. Um, so, Hearts Europa Conference League third qualifying round first leg took place in Norway. Uh, against Norwegian outfit Rosenborg. Frankie McAvoy, our definite manager, made three changes from the side that beat St Johnston 2 0 at McDermott Park the weekend prior. Alex Cochran is, of course, suspended for the first three league games. Uh, Benny Beningame and Alex Lowry replaced Stephen Kingsley, Peter Haring, and Callum Neuenhoff. Uh, recent signings, obviously, our young Aussie, like I say, Kenneth Vargas and Kyusuke Tagawa. Kayoski. Kayoski Tagawa? Tagawa. 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 Okay. Well done. Hand Hand travelled to Norway due to visa and work permit issues. But hearts lined up as follows Xander Clark in goal, back four of Nathaniel Atkinson, Frankie Kent, Kai Rolls, and Alex Cochran. Cami Devlin and Benny Beringame in front of that back four. Vidutaro Oda on the right, Alan Forrest on the left, and Alex Lowry supporting Lawrence Shankland. What did you make of that 11, McIver? Were you uh, surprised by a few inclusions? Well, I'll say now what I said at the time that if Benny's fit, this is a great thing to see that he's back in the squad which I think was everybody's reaction everybody was surprised to see him start but I think like you probably should we all were like oh well he wouldn't be starting if he wasn't ready to start so therefore hooray it's great we're all delighted it was very very quickly evident he was not ready to start but before we get to that obviously as you say all the new guys couldn't play Mm-hmm. So that was a bit annoying. But generally, I don't really know who else you would play ahead of them. I think I was glad to see Cochrane come back in because that does say to me that whenever he's available, he is first choice, which he should be. That is very much the the position that him and Kingsley should be in. Uh, Lowry was a... I can understand some people who were like, oh, it was a risk to start him. I think... Lowry's going to be the through line for this episode, I feel, for me, because I feel like a lot both games, I feel like, can be kind of decided by Alex Lowry's performance, and considering it's not been a great week of football, it kind of suggests what I think of his performances. Interesting. But, when I saw the starting lineup, my main thing was, good, it's probably the, start, uh, the strongest team 
still at the time, with the exception of I think it was a mistake to drop Haring, regardless of any fitness for Benny and Devlin and stuff like that. And very quickly, it was apparent that dropping Peter Haring decided this game. Do you think as though we've sort of overlooked the fact that it was also Alex Cochran's first appearance of the season? Probably. We probably have, and I think as a fan base we kind of did as well. But... Honestly, but is that just because Stephen Kingsley has been so poor recently that we're desperate to shoehorn Cochrane back in? Maybe. Maybe it's also a justification of this is a good way to get round the suspension and get him up to speed. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, oh, well, do that. And I know a lot of people say we should not be using European ties to get players up to speed. No, because that's, that's what I was going to say. You probably use the League Cup tie against Partick Thistle at Tynecastle. But again... Is there a kind of importance that's placed upon the League Cup because we haven't won it in so long? We've not won a trophy yeah. in over a decade now. Also, I think Cochrane. Cochrane was not our biggest problem on Thursday night. I don't think he could no, have glory at one specific moment, but generally, yeah. I thought he was fine. Okay. Um, you've alluded to it there. <laughs> I think it became very apparent very quickly that we were going to be second best throughout let's just say um, after just two minutes Nathaniel Atkinson looks to send a crossfield ball to Alex Lowry who you just talked about however our host intercept Jaden Nelson the Canadian left winger who was a pest all evening found his overlapping fullback centres a superb ball but Carlo Holsa up from midfield fortunately fired wide Benny Beningame your man <sighs> Your favourite. No, don't don't pin this on me, mate. Don't no, pin I just no. I mean, I was, I was delighted to see him back. I was back. most interested to get their thoughts oh, on this first half. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna come out and say this now. That was comfortably, easily, without a, any shadow of a doubt, Barry Beningame's worst performance for Heart and Midlothian. It's also. <laughs> It's also up there for one of the worst first half cameos I've seen from a player in a heart shirt. It was that bad. I mean, four minutes it's apparent. When it's a heavy touch, Rosenberg take full advantage, look to come forward. We're lucky that the young 16-year-old, it's very knee-pan, like that, eventually, eventually blazes over. But it was evident so early on, in those early stages... That there was a real rustiness against Rosenberg for Benny Beningame. Big napalm in the middle, just destroying Benny Beningame. Um I mean, it was a zero out of ten performance. Like legitimately. Like it's one of Awful. Before we get into this, there was some people being like, Why are people targeting Benny with the it's like, no, I'm not blaming him. No. Like it's not in in the sense of it's not his fault he's up to speed. It's the coaching staff's decision to play him. Put it this way, McIver. You and I would both be desperate to play for Hearts in a European tie. But unfortunately, yeah. our fitness would probably be exposed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just as has been the case for Benny Beningui here. That's the best way that I can sum it up. It, I just... I don't I don't get it. Like, why... I, I talked about the array of options last week. I'm going to start with this. It's go- And I, I was fully on board with the array of options but I guess the problem that we've got when you're presented with so many options is it's kind of selection headaches because we don't seem to know what our best 11 is 
and I think this game proves it. You know, that was three changes for Rosenberg, another three changes for Kelly. It's probably going to be changes again for Rosenberg in midweek, and then we'll probably see changes for Partick Thistle because we're trying to get those that are that aren't up to speed up to speed. Yeah. It does um, seem like it's going to be a lot of chopping changing, which we might get away with for now, given that the fixtures are favourable to start off the season. I just worry about what happens at a later date, and might it eventually catch up to us? What, what do you think? However, I guess the the argument will be from Naismith is that well, and um, Frankie McAvoy, you mean? And Frankie McAvoy. We know you're tuning in, UEFA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We promise it's fine. It's him. I think the logic will be. Well, get them up to speed now when we're playing against teams who we should be beating anyway, or should be getting results against. So therefore, when the big teams come around, everybody kind of knows. Maybe not even necessarily get them up to fitness, but get them used to each other. We're basically bedding in an entire forward, a new forward line. I know that wasn't the case against Rosenborg. It's a problem with not doing the business early as well, isn't it? Or yeah, earlier. Absolutely. But, in regard... <laughs> I don't know if Thursday's first half performance was to do with that. I think it was just, we never got going. And we no. never got going against St. Johnson in the first half, either. And it's, this is more a point in the Kelly game, which I, I'll speak about more. But it feels like this is starting to become a pattern now, where in first half we just don't turn up. And Benny was, Benny was very much the epitome and poster boy of that. Because it was like, as you say, I meet four minutes in, you were like, he's not at this. He's not, he should never have been allowed to play. I was also going to say that it, it feels as though we've not really learnt a lesson from Europe in terms of just letting games pass us by. Sometimes we need somebody to take control of the game and it seems like we're that busy relying on our opponents who... Put it this way, it's whoever's less crap, we are making them look semi-decent. I feel as though Zurich was a missed opportunity and I really hope to not put Rosenberg in that same category. I think that's fair. Because, like, I think our structure is fine. I think that 4-2-3-1 is totally fine. But we seem to be playing, like, a pedestrian 4-2-3-1 where we get the ball and just kind of aren't properly ticking away. And I'll mention Alex Lowry now because I felt like Lowry was a good barometer for the game because he was trying stuff. But often it wasn't coming off. And he, he again kind of felt a yard off everything. But that's a lot more understandable. A 19-year-old or 20-year-old getting his first kind of taste for us as a starter in Europe. It's a lot of pressure to play in a position where we've kind of, we've already seen them play basically three positions. Yeah, and, and we don't really... We've sort of... We're looking for that creative spark in the middle of the park, so there's a massive big pressure that's immediately placed on his shoulders because he probably provides something that a lot of our other midfielders don't. And he was basically having to do that as a 10 when he only had one midfielder because Benny was just... Benny was literally like playing with 10 men (laughs) because there was a moment in about the 6th minute and the 14th minute where Oda won the ball in the right hand... Well, not necessarily won the ball, but he made two challenges in those two minutes, and the ball, like, pinged into the middle of the park, where Benny should have been, but he, he immediately just didn't have the energy to get it, so Rosenberg got it, and both times Oda turned and went mental at Benny. Because it's like, I've just burst a gut running, made a challenge, and, and done no what avail. I was supposed to do, and it's it was pointless. 
Yeah, I mean, you've alluded to it there. It would be with less than a quarter of an hour on the clock before our host would take the lead. Cammy Devlin's booked after seemingly winning the ball. Could not believe... A mental booking. I mean, oh, can we speak two mental now, bookings actually. in succession for Cammy Devlin, to be honest. This ref, I'm not one... <laughs> For refereeing, right? This is going to be a podcast. I, I, I was going to say that you could you could easily tarnish both referees this yeah, week under this. Which brush. I will, I definitely Awful. will. I'm not someone who likes to target refs because I often feel like it can be used as an excuse for when you're not at it. And that was the referee was not the reason we didn't play well in that first half. No, but as Robert not. Borthwick put it on commentary, the ref was minging. He was so <laughs> bad, like. That Devlin one, you go, okay, it's a foul, fine. But the speed in which he got his boot, I saw it was in ten in his last ten games, he had no, his last twenty games domestically and in Europe, he'd given out over a hundred and forty yellow cards and nine red cards. That is wild. Like get him in Scotland for the bet builders. We'd be all over that every week. <laughs> what is happening? The bookies would like, be shut down in a couple of weeks. It was never. It was never. I don't even think it was a foul, but it was definitely. No, it, it's not. Kill. He wins the ball. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, you've you've just said it there. The referees weren't the reason why we no. lost and drew. It's more what we do. And from the resulting free kick, Rosenborg go down the left hand side once again. Nelson finds Nipan who eventually cuts inside Benny Beningway with ease, gets it back onto his right foot, clips one to the back stick, just a simple ball for Emil Fredrickson to capitalise on Alex Cochran's snoozing and with 14 minutes on the clock it's far too easy and we're 1-0 down What is Xander Clark doing at this goal? Now I've not seen it back The, the three recently. main culprits for me are Benny, Cochran and Clark Benny, Benny for me is the main one because it's like he isn't there. Wait, like in that uh, it's probably in that order. Point. Benny, Cochran, Clark for me. But see, I would probably put Cochran and Clark on an equal footing because Cochran's just not aware <laughs> of the guy coming in. But I feel like I don't understand why a goalkeeper isn't just going. I'll take that. Just. It feels like, again, I've not seen it back in the last couple of days, but I've seen it back a couple of times, and it feels like Clark doesn't move his arms in the direction of the ball. And I'm like, what are you doing? Is Xander Cochran... I was going to say Xander Clark slander, then it it was going to turn into a tongue twister. This Xander slander... Xander slander is great. That's great. I'm seeing quite a lot of Xander slander recently. Yeah, because he can't catch a ball. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really annoying me. It's really annoying. More of a fact again in Kilmarnock, but he, and it's not that he goes in with the intention to catch and then doesn't, because that's like by the by, you're going to try and catch the ball. It's just one of those instances. That, happens. Yeah, Clark's first thought is I'm punching this, and if you can get, it always seems to be with one hand as well. Like, yeah, he never surely if you can get like one a... up to it, you can do the Superman yeah. and get both on it. I, I don't know, I'm it, not a good It really fan. annoyed me against Kilmarnock, and it made me remember, it's like, oh yeah, that's what he did. He bought a foul against St Johnston. I think it was Gowser went up for him, <laughs> and he went to punch it, and Gowser kind of just bumps into him, and Clark falls back theatrically, being like, I've been stabbed, help! <laughs> and he gets a free kick. But he does it all the time, and it's really starting to annoy me. <laughs> 
I miss Craig Gordon. I just miss him. He had that emotional Instagram post and it was really sad. Oh, don't. That was a tearjerker. Do, do you think Gordon is our biggest absentee amongst no. the few that we've had? You're going to say Halkett. It's Halkett. However, Frankie Kent has filled the Craig Halkett. I like him. Bro, he's I great, really isn't he? I like him. I he's really just really do. good. But that was one of the few positives for me at the weekend when I came up and I was like oh I get to watch him in the flesh for the first time very very impressed yeah. but anyway we're on Rosenberg um, and that first goal was far too easy wasn't it absolutely yeah, criminal defending um, it's not like not like hearts to just give up easy no. goals <laughs> what a surprise a cross into the box as well Can't new season same old shite um, but we would go in search of a response Alex Cochran, your mate, back in the starting eleven, and Alan Forrest looking to link up down the left-hand side. There's a sense I didn't think I'd be saying. The winger eventually getting a shot away from that left-hand side, uh, but it's a routine save for Andre Hansen in the Rosenberg goal. I'm finding some of these names somewhat tricky, but that was one of the easier ones. Um, And less than a minute later, Rosenberg would again be on the attack, and again it was through, is it Jaden Nelson? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who's getting a lot of joy down that left hand side. Again, we've seen in the past few days this story break about the boy from Brighton. Is it Opia? Is that his name? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Don't, can't say his first name, but Opia, the defender. I haven't even seen right his first back. name. I've just seen him refer to it as Opia. I thought it was Oefi. I'll, get, I'll right. search that. But I, I'd, I'm sorry, but Nathaniel Atkinson. Uh, has been alright he started the season off well don't get me wrong but defensively I still I still pat my pants when I see a semi-decent left winger come up against us well this is the thing because I I especially have been known to be the most critical of Nathaniel Atkinson <laughs> but I felt he's one of our best players against Rosenborg much like he was one of our best players against St Johnston because he provided us something yeah and in listen, an offensive sense I agree that he was poor defensively, but I think that, like, the winger he's coming up against is a Canadian internationalist and is fast as fuck. Like, I think anybody in that position would struggle. That's clearly their best player. Their entire game plan was built around that. Yeah, he was good, that. that boy, Nelson. And he had no support from inside. So he can't... We've seen this system. The, the, the fullbacks invert massively, right? So I think what was happening was Atkinson was inverting the ball would be lost in transition and then they would play it and because he's so fast it wouldn't matter that Atkinson was there or not because the inversions happened and he's so quick he can just get there. So a lot of times I think people were like where's Atkinson, what's he doing? I'm like he's following the tactics that he's been told when we have the ball invert and look for a space in that and he was then additionally on top of having to invert he was having to then just do the midfield role of Benny when we had the ball. So, Atkinson was being asked so much, which he is in this system. So, whilst, yeah, a lot of the Rosenborg attacks were down that side, and you would go, well, that's because Atkinson's having a bad game, I still felt he did all right for what he was up against. Fair point. Fair point. Um, He's turning me around, Adam. He's turning me around. Listen, if, if he improves, then then that's great. But I still wants to get another right back. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. I want competition for places. Because if anything happens to him, 
than relying on Toby Sibbick. And as much as he's we've seen Toby away. Sibbick, do you think he is? Yeah, he's clearly away. And I my, want to speak about this. My missus will be absolutely devastated. She loves Toby Sibbick. I'll be devastated. He should player. not be leaving. No. But I think he's away. So you reckon that Odell Offia will take his place? Odell, is right. it Offia or Offia? Apparently it's Offia. Off here. Oh, let's see. Yeah. There we go. I'm getting over these names. Um, well, the last fullback we had for Brighton was fucking amazing. No, and I loved him. That's, that's <laughs> true. Hibbs like where Brighton's going really well for them, isn't it's it? It's going great, isn't it? <laughs> what was the point in that? They need some defenders, I know. But that geezer Nelson opted to try his luck. Clark pushes away and roll, rolls clears. Lucky that it's only one at this stage, I think, with, with the half hour mark approaching. And Tobias Burkayat. Tries his luck from range and as Clark scrambling, but it trickles past the keeper's right hand post. For you, McIver, we were under the cosh, let's just say, in that opening half hour. Was it simply a case of get to half time at 1 0 down and take it from there? Yeah, that was. I would have taken Benny off at the half hour mark at this point. I would have been like, get him off. Jesus Christ, we're playing with 10 men here. Um, it, it was just terrible. We really couldn't bad. do anything, we couldn't put a foot in the ball. Um, it was nearly as bad as the perfectly legal stream that I tried to watch it on before caving in and buying the pay-per-view because I'm a tight bastard see I was watching from the start on the pay-per-view I see you're a smart man I'm never risking it again Um, just and another part was and again this will kind of be a theme more in the next game I felt that Shankland was really poor in that first half in terms of it wasn't sticking so it I, I fully understand that he was getting no service, right? Uh, yeah. he was I was about to say that. You're, you're only as good as the service that you receive or in the past few games. Yeah, definitely. He hasn't. But at the same time, what Shanklin last season was really good at is getting two bits of service and at least making the ball stick to him and then yeah. trying something. Four times in that first half, the ball got played up to him and he either lost it in the air, lost it on the ground, or he just couldn't get his feet under him. And I was like... What are, what are you doing? Like, it just felt like he was completely off it. And then behind him, Oda was trying, but again, it's like he wasn't getting a load yet. Forrest is Alan Forrest. Like, he, was, he was Alan Forrest. And Lowry, Lowry was the most effective, if you can say any of our forward line was effective in that first half. But again, he didn't do much weight. So I just, it was like if we get half time at 1 0. I dick in how we've done it, and then in the end, we didn't. We did not. Uh, I wanted to ask about our build-up, because it is so slow. I feel as though that's the case in both games. More so the second. But I, I don't know who our starting two in front of the back four should be at this current minute in time. I honestly it's, couldn't tell you. I, I know one of them, and his name's Peter Haring. I knew, like, I knew you were going to say that. Haring's the, but, Haring is currently the best midfielder at the but club. But again, McIver, what does that say when, like, if he, like, this is a guy that was going to be leaving the football club last year. Wrongfully, though, and he's clearly still in, really in, good. In your opinion, I, look, there's no doubt in Pedro on the ball, but I'm sorry. I mean, I, I genuinely believe I'm quicker than him. I don't give a shit about a six being quick, though. I don't care. See, I, I don't that. care if a six just sits in front of the back four and then pushes forward. The problem has been that the partner with them up until this point has been ineffective slash that's not their game. We need a mobile eight 
that will push up and hopefully that's Neuenhoff I was about to say surely that is Neuenhoff now yeah so that's what if we fast forward massively out with Peter Haring currently being in a moon boot I would that's the two I'd start against Rosenberg on Thursday if Haring can play I'd start Haring and Neuenhoff and allow Haring to sit and Neuenhoff to just break the lines constantly as a freak. <sighs> I can't see him starting Thursday if he's in a moon. No, mate, he's not going to. <laughs> which knackers everything. But right now, if you said to me, everybody's fit, who's your starting two? I'd go Haring and Neuenhoff. Because Cammy Devlin's come under a lot of criticism as well. Like you're, you're his biggest fan, or were his I biggest also th- fan. I think the criticism has been harsh on the back of the past two games. I think it's been weird levels of criticism for the last two games because mm-hmm. I felt against... Rosenberg is booking hampered him massively, really unfairly because that a hundred percent. Then you then you're not leaping into the same challenges and yeah. you're not getting quite as stuck. And th- that's his game. That yeah, his exactly. game goes out the window as soon as he's shown yeah. that yellow card. One hundred percent. And then against Kelly, I felt he was good up until he's booking, and then again it changes the, the way complexion of his afternoon. But just now, it's like Haring's our best passer. Haring's our more most calm player, Haring's our most robust player but he's just not good at breaking lines, but it's because that's like going, well why isn't Frankie Kent breaking the lines, it's like because that's not his job, we need a mobile we need anybody to break the lines, we don't have anyone that does, yeah we don't have anyone that does, and this second goal was so symptomatic of it, where Benny is at fault the whole time yeah, some further sloppiness from the visitors is taken advantage of by the hosts. Like you say, Benny Meningame cannot get the ball under control, sends a poor pass in search of Alex Lowry, few passes on halfway, and Rosenberg are offski. How do you say this geezer's name again? Nipan. Sorry, I, will, I, 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 need, I need to write out the. Like, you know how they do The wee like, laddie the that just ran the show in the first half. And then the hyphen pan. I had it further up, but I couldn't see it just there. <laughs> Nipad receives a nice flick, advances, leaves Benny for dead, rolls into Nelson's path. Hearts are protesting for offside, but the former Toronto winger has the simple task of slotting home from a manner of yards out. 2 0, right on the verge of half time, a terrible time to concede, and it's a potentially long evening in store. It's definitely a long evening in store for Benny Benningham's hamstring. He just go in that one moment. The but classic yeah. was him then pulling up afterwards as well, wasn't it? I, I love, absolutely love that sort of shit. In fairness, I think he did. I think he's just so unfit that he pulled his hamstring. I think but, that's him. But that is that is textbook. Yeah, definitely. Just so poor, so poor. Really and it, bad. it was really, it was really no bad. no less than we deserved. No, definitely not. But then the second half started and Peter Haring came on and everything got sorted and it's fine. Coincidentally, I'm just flying through uh, my notifications here. Uh, it was half time and Rangers are losing 1-0 to Servette in Champions League qualification. Interesting to see how it develops over in Switzerland. Yep. We could say the same about another outfit for, another for Thursday night, but never mind. Um, yes, half time arrives. Um, Peter Haring arrives onto the scene yes, Benny Benning off that was the change that most folk were clamouring for given yeah. that 
horror showing from my man Benny in that in that first 45. And in fairness, we actually did try and get immediately back into the game. Itaro Oda centres one for Shankland, but it's just a bit too high for our main marksman to head wide. You said it there. Shankland was starved of service in that first half. Finally, he's got a decent cross, but yet he isn't in the correct position. His yeah. feet seem to be tangled amongst themselves and he sort of stretches and can't quite get there because it's over his noggin and he gets something on it but it's to no avail Aye. but it immediately was like right good we're pushing we're actually doing something there was actually a moment in the 50th minute it, it hasn't really made any highlights packages that I've seen and it was just like the moment where it was like yeah Haring needs to start in this midfield Ken played it to Ke- uh, Cochrane Cochrane played it back to Rolls Rolls played it to Kent Kent played it to Clark Clark played it to Rolls and suddenly Haring just screamed at Rolls to give him the ball Haring got the ball turned and switched it to Oda in like one movement and we were on Oda eventually got tackled but it was that moment where Haring just went I'm losing my mind just watching this in front of me give me it what you've said just there about the centre halves and goalkeeper touching the ball just reeks of Robbie Nielsen right and you could see why Haring was omitted for so long because obviously he's then screaming for the ball as if to say never mind the centre halves and the goalie dicking around with the ball I want some of that and it it, it you can see the contrast of styles even between previous manager and what what they're trying to implement it's oh god Haring was so so effective when he came on even just in the sense of can run in the midfield where it suddenly fe- when Haring came on and for most of that second half it felt like okay at the very least we've got control of the midfield now yeah and and I'm admitting that as Barry Bringham's biggest fanboy and somebody that would have been happy to see Peter Haring leave. and as I, as I say I fucking love Benny Bringhamy like when he's fully fit and firing he's in the starting 11 yeah but he's not there yet no. and it's and it's again it should go against the coaching team that he was put in the position to come under this level of fire. Definitely. I think we'll see him at the weekend. I'd like to see him get 90 minutes under his belt, if possible, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, We eventually have a a penalty appeal waved away. Alex Cochran, obviously back in the team, sends a ball over the top in search of Alex Lowry. I think we were clutching at straws to be... That's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. The defender gets the ball, wins uh, it cleanly, there's contact. That's fine. But, but Lowry's, not, like, Lowry's not in possession and it just... That, I, I don't know. The, that's the goalie, not the rule, though. The, uh, the rule isn't... You have to be in possession when another... Soft, mate, I'll be honest. Because the possession rule comes into effect with the defender. So the defender wins the ball, so Lowry's out of possession. So it's regardless of how much contact is made by the defender, after the it, he's in possession of the out. ball. The keeper then Spikes just coming yeah. rampaging out, not invo- because the keeper can only do that if he has a chance at getting the ball. Because the defender's taken it away, he has no chance of getting the ball and collides. It's exactly the logic behind Onana, how he should have oh given away. Oh my goodness! Please so tell me watch that last night. That's a more severe example, but it's the same thing in the terms of that's a keeper who's made who's nowhere near the ball and made contact with with an opponent. It should have been a penalty. You just reminded me of two things. One, I was fortunate to have a Luke Shaw clean sheet on my fantasy same. football because Wolves are perhaps the most wasteful <laughs> team I think I've ever seen. They're even yeah. more wasteful than we are. 
and I had I placed a bet ages ago. Sky were doing like one of those enhanced ones where it's right. like an opening weekend special. Arsenal, Man City, uh, Liverpool, and Man United all to win. So I was begging that Man United would at least concede an equaliser because I thought I'd much rather two teams let me down than one. But of course they somehow managed to sneak a 1-0 win. That is the most undeserved victory I think I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, But we digress, no matter. (sighs) Further changes. Stephen Kingsley and George Grant on. Alex Lowry and Alan Forrest off. Shankler would then flick a free kick that lands at the back post into the box for Kai Rolls to head goalwards. But it's a comfortable gather for the Rosenberg keeper, Hansen, once again. Uh, and finally, I want to speak about the final substitution, which was Cami Devlin off, young Aidan Denham on. Now, this is a player that's featured in the Lowland League for Hearts B. This is a player that seemingly was going to leave the club in the summer before this management team, aka Stephen Naismith, came in. Um, and to be honest, he's had a couple of cameos off the bench, and I really like what I've seen from the young man. So, firstly, on the point about how he was going to be let go, that's mental. <laughs> what What were we doing? I don't know. Like, this is what, we spoke about the youths last week. I I don't know. Who Who is our scouting team? Who Who's watching these games? Are we watching them with blindfolds on? What's What's going on? I don't know. But I think Denham's been good. I don't think he's been at the level that Twitter seems to think he's been at. But it's like he should now start in the crunch game against Rosenborg in the middle of the pot. I'm like, he was good. Mate, both. I I saw somebody give him a nine rating off the bench. I think the other day. Like. Listen, please what? do not think I'm deriding him no. in any way. I don't think it's anything, it's, like, it's, a, it's a great story. We, I've been gagging on a youth graduate since Aaron Hickey yeah. left, since Andy Irving left. Listen, I think he both his cameos this past week were good. Didn't put a foot wrong, got involved, had an impact. The way some folk are going <laughs> on, though, is like he was the best player on the park when he came on both times. I'm like, listen, he was good. That's that's what you want. You want someone, you want a youth 19-year-old prospect who coming off the bench and to not look out of place, which he didn't. He didn't look out of place at all. And nope. he came on, did well. I don't think it does anybody any favours going, well, this is it now. You should be a starter. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm fine with how it's currently going. I think Naismith's actually doing really well and smart with this, where it's like, You'll get minutes, you'll get minutes, you'll get minutes. Slowly build yourself up. Like, for example, I think Park Thistle. That's a good place to start yeah. on. Yeah, I could see that. Rosenborg, <laughs> he and Benny Bringamy as the duo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rosenborg, in a game where we need to win... I, I mean, I understand when people are like, but the story where we d- it's like we start an academy guy and we end up winning the game. I'm like, that is one hand. On the other hand, they put three in the middle of the park oh. and he gets overran and we get beat 2-0. They'd be the first to slow him saying, why are you chucking the young boy in there? Yeah, This isn't exactly. Roy the Rovers. Like, let's yeah. just all settle down. Relax. Yes. I remember but the last young midfielder that we gassed up and look at him now. Yeah. Like, absolutely fair play. Aiden has done as he's done better than I thought. Yeah, I he's thought exceeded he expectations much, so far. But he's he's done he's done well. 
We do not need to now suddenly go, right, if he doesn't start, McAvoy slash Naismith out kind of thing. The last point that I want to chat about with regards to Norway was George Grant's free kick on 77 minutes, flicked on by Kai Rolls. Stephen Kingsley gathers, centres for Lauren Shankland to haul Hearts back into the tie. Phenomenal header. That was ultimately all that she wrote, McIver. But that could prove pivotal that we go from Trondheim to Tynecastle with just the one goal deficit, couldn't it? It is exactly why Shankland is the best goal scorer we've seen ever because he can do fuck all for an entire game and then get a goal that keeps us in the tie. Isn't that amazing how somebody that scores goals is somebody that you can depend upon and gives you a chance of winning football matches? Yeah, like... Listen, granted we, totally we didn't hear, but we did the week prior, or the weekend yeah. prior, I should say. I don't have many positive things to say about him for Kelly, so I'll no. say it now. It was just like, yeah, that's why he's here. He can the ball can he stick to him? He doesn't get very involved in play. He misses a chance, but it's like normally that first chance that he misses earlier is just what happens seven times for Heart Strikers. He'll get all these chances. Where Shangri goes, oh, I messed up one, I'll take the next. And and that's what I was going to say. Normally, he doesn't. He very rarely messes up that first one. He's usually in the right position, whereby he'll at least work the goalkeeper or flash yeah. one wide or something. That first one was obviously a shocker. He had to make amends. Does so here. Great header. It's such a good header as well. It's it quite underrated in the air. Joel Scott Great limbs as well behind it. the goal. Yeah, like it's great. I'm really chuffed for everybody who went that they got a goal to celebrate. Big time, because one, one of my good mates went over with his dad and he said that those limbs were up there, even despite the defeat, um, even despite the fact that it's only just hauling us back into the tie, he said it was it was absolute carnage yeah. when we scored, so that was good. Still in it, very much still in it. Very much still in it, and would have been a heck of a lot more confident going into Thursday had we won at the weekend, unfortunately, because that McIver was rank at the weekend. But before I we don't talk know how about, we're going to cover this. No, neither do I. Before, before we talk about the, the dismal draw with Kilmarnock, we're going to go around the grounds, because we can domestically. I wasn't going to talk about Hibs's first leg win. Nobody cares about that. Um, but around the grounds, the second match day of the 23-24 Scottish Premiership season. Three games on the Saturday. And I don't know if you were keeping tally with my who scored previews McIver but I, I called two of them bang on and was unlucky with a third which is really annoying I was going to mention that the one that I was unlucky you're, with you're straight in with oh, it was Rangers beating Livingston by four goals to nil now I watched their first leg against Servette and thought they'll probably get the better of Livingston but I don't imagine it to be all that comfortable it was two nil until they scored two late goals which yeah, is what I had really annoying um but I did successfully predict that St Johnston would lose two league games from as many uh, two league losses from as many league games uh, as they succumbed to a two 0 defeat to Ross County up in the Highlands, uh, and I also tipped St Mirren to edge past Dundee and Paisley by two goals to one. Although I was fortunate with that, given St Mirren had a goal disallowed <laughs> wrongfully, uh, Dundee missed a penalty, and there was probably some other carnage. Um, so there, there was that uh, and on the Sunday aside from our rubbish rubbish draw and display and performance and result um, 
Do you know what really arcs me in the Scottish football media? Why does everybody kid on like Pataudry is a difficult place for Celtic to go? Their record against Aberdeen is ridiculous. And that continued with a 3-1 victory. Um, despite Aberdeen actually making a decent go of that, they started pretty yeah. well but still lost. Uh, and <laughs> I spoke about St Johnston making it two league losses in as many matches. The pressure is piling up on Wheelie Johnson as Motherwell got the better of the Hybees 2 1 at Fur Park. What did you make of the other five fixtures in the Cinch, the best league in the world? Um, who gives it? Rangers won. Great. Cool. <laughs> um, St Mirren and Killy seem to just be doing, trying to prove us both correct because they are the two teams that we picked for sixth place and get in the top six and they've both had really good starts yes. this season so it makes us look like we actually know what we're talking about which is a positive always thing. nice St Mirren just look good they just look like a team that know their system know what they're doing and look alright but the biggest surprise for me is wrong. that is that Dundee kind of also look like they know what they're doing yeah they'll be fine I think Dundee I think they will be fine. Um, so yeah, they were like there was all the funny stuff about Joe Shaughnessy and Trevor Carson and <laughs> that stuff old like goal's that. a cracker as well. It's great. It looks so deliberate. It's so funny. <laughs> but so fair point to them. I think that is already St Johnston relegated. <laughs> like that Steve was that, to be fair. Like, that was two going on five or six on it. Yeah, like like they are. Hopeless. I know it's two games, right? But I can't think of a team that looks this bad in the top flight for years. No. I might that's... just be obviously forgetting someone. But maybe Dundee the last time they were up, when they just looked like they were always going to go straight back down. But that, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. I mean, folk, Johnson... folk would have argued that was Livingston, like, when they came up. That everybody was yeah. adamant that they couldn't compete. And then, but yeah, St Johnston really are. They must be a good four or five bodies short. Easy. Like S- Steve McLean is already saying we're in a relegation dogfight. We're looking over our shoulders. And Two the problem, I think, I was actually listening to the Terrace podcast and Ga- uh, Graham Fuel. Are they looking part. over the shoulders or are they bottom? Because I really they're hope bottom. they're not. I hope they're looking up. <laughs> no, they're bottom. <laughs> um, Graham Fuelis made the point where he was like, all the last season. Davidson basically just threw the players under the bus in terms of he was really harsh on them in the press to try and get a reaction. That reaction didn't work, and now McLean is doing the exact same thing. I think some of them just need like a hug. Just like, listen, lads, it's all right, right? I know we're in a bad situation now, but I don't know what McLean thinks is going to happen with him already just being like, we're fucked. I know, like. And even even as a player, if you're a free agent and you're with limited options, and St Johnston then come knocking, like are, why are would you, you go? Uh, yeah, like are you like you wouldn't go if your manager no. comes out and says that, and you see the team, like unless you were adamant that you could use it for your personal gain and as a stepping stone, you ain't gonna sign for them. Let's be or honest. Or if you just love the idea of living in Perth, <laughs> so and you no ain't gonna sign that. for them. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, really, really worried for them. Uh, Ross County, I think they'll be fine. What about our mate Jan Dander being stripped it off? Yeah. yeah. 
but Kyle, Kyle Turner as well just popping up he's after just a couple good. of minutes he's he's, he's, he's a great wee sign for, for County so I, I think they'll be fine as well yeah, so um, Aberdeen did press Celtic really well it was interesting to say it was just like a well coached Aberdeen side but Celtic are just Celtic so it doesn't matter it was really funny <laughs> to see Will Fish at both the goals <laughs> what about the second one in particular the second one's... So, the first one was quite a sobering moment for me, where it was like, oh, that is it now. Lewis Stevenson's done at this level. Like, he He's been hands. done for about the past three I know years. He, I know he has, but then he just keeps coming back and being first choice. But he two-hand pushes that guy, and the guy acts like he isn't even there. Then he bodies him again before Wilfish just runs towards the ball, and it allows that... Is it Wilkinson? Oh, Connor Wilkinson, yeah. Yeah, to score. But then, the second it's one... It's Beareth when he turns him inside out. My goodness. Wilfish is still spinning now. Yeah, like... Listen, they get a penalty at the end, Hibs, and... I don't know if you're like, oh well, there's something, there's something for us to take, and there is. I know that there are no positives from that performance. They had such a good result midweek, and I know that they rested guys for Motherwell. Like Yuan wasn't playing, Boyle wasn't playing, Jake Doyle Hayes wasn't playing, stuff like that. No, this, but this still, two fixture week malarkey is not all it's cracked up to be. Hibs, yeah. is it? <laughs> I still feel like the team that played on the park should have beaten Motherwell. Like. Yeah. He, I, I, I mean, I know I said it in the Premiership predictions that I do believe he'll be sacked. He is under big pressure already, isn't he? Let's be honest. I think, I think this week is so they've got Wraith in the cup there. I can tell you. I, I think they've got Wraith. They've got. I think they've got Wraith, and I know they're at home because the whole thing is about us both. Oh, that's right. On the on the, on the Sunday. Okay, yeah. I, so I they'll beat Wraith. Playing, I knew that they were at home. They'll beat Wraith. It's all about Luzerne. Really. Do, do you think Wraith's a given though? Yeah, I do. Interesting. I do. I and that's surprised. not a disrespect to Wraith, where I'm yeah, like, fuck you, yeah. Wraith. <laughs> like, I'm not meaning that. But I just mean, they're not that bad just now where they're going to get caught out by a championship team. It's. I don't know. I, I saw Wraith Rovers at Rugby Park recently. I was very but, impressed. Dylan Easton looking like Maradona in the middle of the park. Dylan Kevin Dabrowski back to Easter Road, point to prove, shut them out. I know, but then that's it would the just thing. Be he'll funny. have a disaster. He'll have a disaster and it'll be like, see, this is why we got ready. And, and then Ian Murray will lie down to them. But we can only hope that Colin Cameron's in there just telling them to get <laughs> Yeah, that result was very funny. The result that wasn't very funny was at Tidecastle. No, that was not funny. How are we make? I don't want to go through this game because there's nothing to go through. I just kind of want to speak about like the general points. No, uh, I was just going to read the team and then read the match report because uh, honestly, that. that honestly was that was just not worth my Sunday afternoon. Like it was no, not it absolutely awful. Did you like the little thing? Because we've got fuck all to speak about the game. Did you like the little thing? How on the big boards it had the team and then said. For Kamarnik, it was like their lineup manager Derek McInnes, and then for us, it had our technical team, and then director. I did <laughs> yeah. see that. It's like yes, I love that. So that was a laugh. Oh, I mean, I, God bless Hearts just continuing this entire charade. It, it, it does, it does make me chuckle. That, that apparently Michael Stewart, Leanne Crichton, and all that cannot physically oh. process in their heads how it's, this is working. Oh, they're not the only ones. I, I hear it all the time. 
because I, d- I don't know if it's because I'm through here that I then absorb like the Go Radio Football Show Clyde One Super Scoreboard I take it in and it honestly everybody just loves these jibes at this management team structure oh how does this work do the players really know who's in charge they know who's in charge we know who's in charge like like what come on how old are you are you genuinely being like oh, oh. well they say they say it's this oh mate honestly but anyway I mean whoever's selecting the team whoever's picking the team <laughs> made three changes yet again um Stephen Kingsley obviously came in to replace the suspended Alex Cochran. That was enforced. Uh, Peter Haring came in to join Cammy Devlin in front of the back four at Benny Beningamy's expense. And there was a Tynecastle debut from my man Tags, Kiyosuke Tagawa. 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 Tagawa's <laughs> the way... It's understandable that you say Tagawa. Tagawa. But it's Kiyosuke Tagawa. Tagawa. Taking Alan Forrest's place in the starting eleven, meaning that Hearts lined up as follows: Xander Clark in goal, back four: Nathaniel Atkinson, uh, Frankie Kent, Kai Rolls, and Stephen Kingsley, with Cami Devlin and Peter Haring in front of them. Utara Oda on the right, Alex Lowry on the left, and Lauren Shanklin behind Kioski Tagawa. Well, hey, he's <laughs> done it. <laughs> now, this match report. I don't know who does Hearts match reports. I'm not going to come out and knock them. What I will say is, proofread, please, because Hearts and Kilmarnock (laughs) played a 0-0 draw with Kilmarnock at Tynecastle this afternoon. (laughs) It's not an ideal start. But the rest of it looks pretty good. Despite crafting numerous chances over the course of the afternoon, very debatable, Hearts had to settle for a stalemate ahead of a European night under the lights against Rosenborg on Thursday. An early chance fell Hearts' way with barely a minute on the clock. Alex Lowry's free kick tumbling down into the path of Peter Haring, whose headed effort downwards was pushed away by Killy keeper Will Dennis. I remember that. I also remember the officials flagging for offside, so really, what does it matter? <laughs> Kilmarnock worked away, but it was the men in Maroon that enjoyed the lion's share of possession in those opening exchanges with a tame header from Robbie Dees into the gloves of Xander Clark. The occasional blip in the midst of Hart's passing moves allowed Killy to break through on occasion, with Matty Kennedy pouncing on a slack pass to go through with a cute tackle from Frankie Kent getting hearts out of danger. Who has ever described that a tackle was... as cute? Yeah, I, I've heard cute, cute gets used in Football Manager a lot. I've heard, I've heard a cute pass or a cute ball through. No, a cute tackle. A cute tackle's a cracker. It was a cute tackle. It was a good challenge, actually. My, I will say this. I thought Matty Kennedy was great for them. And I thought when he'd signed for Aberdeen that we dodged a bullet. So there you go. It just goes to show sometimes it's right right guy, wrong club. And yeah. Derek McInnes is a wonderful manager at this level. Hearts crafted nice passages of play. One moment where Lowry and Kingsley combined to thread the ball across to Oda was particularly eye-catching. But against a killy side that was well-drilled at attacking with pace on the counter, the men in Maroon had to weather a few instances of pressure. Kelly was that not li- that chance where Oda, it just went under Oda's foot and went straight out of play? Am I to thread the ball across Oda? Probably, mate. To be honest, it was a very forgettable hour <laughs> and a half. I, tell you. I would love it if that's what they, how they've described that moment. That would be class. Honest to God, listen to this because it's just about over. Kelly had the last say in the action of the first 45 with Xander Clark diving superbly to push away Kyle McGuinness's header. Half time. Hart Midlothian nil, Kilmarnock nil. 
The second half was much the same as both sides wrestled for control of the game. Matty Kennedy and Lewis Mayo saw chances to score astray for the visitors, while Shankland and debuted Kenneth Vargas went close for the Jambos. With five minutes of added time at the end of the encounter, Hearts and Kelly saw a breakthrough but came up empty-handed. We now look ahead to our UECL third qualifying round encounter with Rosenborg of Norway on Thursday night. Names the teams and that's it. That was, that was rank rotten. Fucking terrible. Right. <laughs> As I say, we're not going to... like. Shall we do like two stars and a wish? Or like, what? how are you spinning this? So I want to just mention individuals. So the positives, and I do have quite a few. First star. I just love Frankie Kent he's so great. much. He's he just really wins great. everything. Uh, we're going to recall him. We're going to rename him Clark because he is Superman yeah. at the back. What yes. a guy. Additionally, I actually felt that Rolls was really good as well. I felt that Rolls did well he with the ball at his feet. He's with a partner. A partner know, that can he just trust. can't head the he can't do anything physical. He's all about the ball at his feet. But I thought he was actually quite good. So there's your two stars. <laughs> your wish. I've got a couple other stars, but I'll oh, get nice. the wish. I wish that Alex Cochran is back soon. Because Stephen King's What like, has happened to him? I don't think he was the worst, but he's in such a unique position. It makes me Everyone really else, everyone else in that back line is basically settled, right? You're like, mm-hmm. this is the back line. The left back position should oh, be settled. Don't do this, MacIver. And you're like, Cochrane's for sure, but he can't play, which is really unique because it's not because he's injured. He's there and ready to go because it's a, uh, a suspension. So, Stephen. You've been given this opportunity, mate. You've got three games domestically against three of... Now, Kelly now have been very quickly proven to not be one of the easier teams in the league. No, but, I tip them for top six. That's looking a good shout. Yeah. But two out of the three are two of the teams that will be down the bottom of the week. Yeah. You have to imagine by the end of it. Now, obviously, one of them hasn't happened yet. So we don't. he might have a man-of-the-match level performance against that. But the point is, so far, Stephen Kingsley has shown me absolutely nothing as to why he should keep that place in the starting eleven. Yes, he had a few nice wee passes, made a few challenges, but nothing that Alex Cochran wouldn't do either. No. It's not like it was like, oh, that ball that he played, you'd never imagine Cochran playing it, or that challenge and tracking back he made, you'd never imagine Alex getting there. No. Every single positive thing he did, you would think Cochrane would do it. But all the negative things, you'd be like, Cochrane wouldn't do that. Cochrane wouldn't have that lax a pass. Cochrane wouldn't have that um, poor run. The amount of times Kingsley just shelled the ball at a point. Oh, and yet he gets into good areas as well. I think I think so he put I think bad. he put in one decent cross in the first half that I thought was in a really good area, but nobody was there. Yeah. And other than like, that, it was awful. So, so poor. So poor. What has um, happened to him, mate? It's ever since that I don't injury. Know. Look, yeah, what? it is, and that can often happen, right? Like players affected juice, but it's such a dramatic drop. Oh. It's like he went from arguably in that kit that you're wearing. Yes, he, he was, was arguably the player of the year. Yeah, him and Gordon. Hey, you know when you see players. like those accounts, those football accounts, and it's like, what player do you think of when you see this kit? Stephen, Stephen Kingsley, Kingsley would be a candidate. Yes, definitely. definitely. And the drop-off has been so steep that it's like he can have no complaints. That I swear to God, if Cochrane doesn't come back in when he's available to, I mean, he, he, he should be starting on Thursday. But I mean, in terms of just going forward, Cochrane better be the star. 
to go back to a positive, I thought Kenny Vargas looked really good when he came on. He's a wee rad, isn't he? He, I'm gonna you can like tell him. he's going to be annoying as oh, fuck he's to play against. He's, he's local. That moment where I think it was Lewis Mayo, the ball was like in the air, and Vargas just bolted towards it. Yeah, Mayo right tried to yeah. clear it. It hits off Mayo and Vargas. Vargas traps it and then wins a foul from nothing. And it was like, that's what I want for you. Loads of running and just annoying. I'm oh, sorry. Do, do you know what I love? I think one of his first touches was like a misplaced pass or something. And I just love Hearts fans that around me were going, send him back. This is shy. Get him back on the plane. I was just like, yes, I am on board with that. It just, I love that sort of funny stuff. It's what you miss Very much. Very much a positive. Was very tough yes, with him. But he did look good, I thought. He did I, look good. I, like, I, think, I think he's going to be. I really hope that he's not one of these cult heroes that just then drops off. The fact that we've got yeah. the loan to buy, though, I was discussing it with somebody. I mean, I sort of alluded to it on here. A very weird but nice strategy from yeah, us. It's great. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm surprised it. that I'm surprised that his uh, his parent club were were so willing. Yeah. Any uh, other takeaways from the Kelly just put, again before we move Shank, on? It was oh, right. That was Shanklin's worst game for us ever, by a mile, because I don't yeah. understand how yeah, he stayed probably. on the pitch. And yet he's, ha- back, he's back in yellows. the position that he was so brilliant in last season, as opposed to being that focal point. Yeah, I totally is it because understand. that he's not played with tags and they are still Maybe. trying to develop an understanding? But you'd think that he'd be a like for like Janelli replacement, so it would slot in. Additionally, he'd be a, he'd, I do understand. Slot in. I, I don't know. I do understand that it was again another lack of service for a lot of the time, but and Kelly were well organised as well as you'd that, expect. Listen, I think I think you're right that Kelly will get top six. That back off, three off the two, off the two. I mean, solid. a clean sheet against Rangers and against Hearts, four yeah. points out of six against two of last season's top four, for a side Dees, that only just stayed up. Really, Dee's yeah, Finlay and Mayo well. is a top a good, six back. Three. It's a good trio, but. So I can understand that frustration. Two, one one on loan and two frees as well. Yeah, crazy. Great business. Shanklin though, like I I think it's a I think Kelly would be rightly furious he wasn't sent off. He oh, two hundred percent. Two moments where he could have got a second yellow card, and I would have been like, "How is?" I around the seventieth minute, I was just shouting for him to get brought off. And yet he had to get. He's, he's the captain. That just shows how immovable he is for us, though. And again, like I'm not excusing it, but. That like, then it's up to the management team to make these calls. Yeah, definitely. And I get the thing where it's like when it's nil nil, he's the guy that can pop up and get yeah. a goal. And listen, he didn't get sent off, but I was just convinced he was. He was going to. Um, additionally, I think Kelly could have had a couple of guys sent off. The challenge of Aiden Denham is a red card. Oh, like it's it's a joke. Disgraceful. It's yeah, it's terrible. Boyce had one and all. Boyce had a bad yeah. challenge. And again, one of his first sort of involvements in the game was him yeah. getting absolutely hooked listen when he's fully fit Liam Boyce oh, needs to start game changer he's oh. the smartest most intelligent football at the club easily do you know like, what irked me as well there was there was an instance in the second half and I thought to myself you're too you're too selfless Liam Boyce needs to be more selfish sometimes for me he does he absolutely does yeah there was one I think I think he tried to slide somebody in and I was just thinking to myself just keep going Boyce keep going try and yeah. get a shot away or something but I do listen. That was rubbish 
on Sunday. I'm amazed that I've even recalled that because that was honestly one of the worst games of football in living memory. However, I do think there's been an overreaction from some where it's like, well, the world's ending. There's no positives. It's like... It's the second game of the season. Like... This time last... Jesus. We'd have lost that game in February. Oh, 100%. Again, Frankie, the defence just looked solid. Like, it just... Rolls now has that calmness around him where he's like, "Oh, I'm not. I don't need to be responsible for winning stuff in the air anymore." For as much as I was praising Kelly, I was worried when they brought Big Kyle Vassell on because I think he yes, does same. a job. Mm-hmm. But the only time they I remember them troubling us was I think it was Stuart Finlay that flashed a shot, a rocket, narrowly wide. That mate, that was that was close. I thought yeah, that was, was in. close. See, I thought that's that was, when Shanko could have got sent off. That's right. And then he had another one. And all. Hey, we've but done well to cover this game. It was right. Look, at, look us. at us, man. This is why you tune in, right? But focal point should be get Frankie Kent playing every single week. He better not be dropped for any reason other than no, fitness or suspension. He just wins everything. And it is so calming to just be like, okay, a ball into our box now doesn't necessarily mean conceding. But you think this spells the end for big tubes? So, it's a perfect transition into previewing the next couple of games. Rosenborg and Partick Thistle games. F- what a duo so, that is. It reminds know, me of Fiorentina uh, and Kelly last year. Yeah. So, Haring's ankle went horizontal to the ground against Kelly, and I couldn't believe he played on. We then see today's in a moon boot. I would start, on Thursday night, a duo... Of Neuenhoff and Sibic. Or, if you dare want to do that and you play uh, Devlin and Neuenhoff on Thursday night, at the very least against Partick, play Sibic and Denham. Because Sibic was brought in. No, I don't think Benny's fit. I think think Benny's out for a month, at least. That's correct. I think he's knackered. Also, he's just not up to any form of fitness right now. He needs to do way more stuff in training. I think, first of all, I think it's a disgrace if we let Sibic go. Sibic's been the biggest unfair loser from Naismith coming in. Because he's just inexplicably been dropped. <laughs> An unfair loser. Sorry, like, what I like, I mean I like that, that terminology. There's winners and losers. Sibic's been the biggest loser from it. Because Sibic was our best defender in terms of centre-halves last season. Like... Because Halkett was out for all it. Rolls started well, then dropped off Rose after the World well, Cup. Dropped off. Uh, James Hill was weird and kind of played it right back and stuff like that. Kingsley mm-hmm. was terrible. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, it is a fair comment. So I'm worried that we're going to lose him. But it's like, I think his energy and how big he is or work in the middle of the park. Maybe not against Rosenborg, that's fine. I also think he's quicker than folk expect as well. So do I. In, in so terms I. of recovery. Definitely. Yeah, but him and Denham, like it, it's fucking party thistle. We should be able to play anybody and beat Park Thistle, right? I think that's what we should do and try it. But I just don't think Naismith likes him. I'm not going to ask you for your selections for both games because you've pretty much alluded to them. Yeah. What I am going to ask you is: Are we going to gather some momentum and are we going to yield some positive performances and results over these next two? Both games. 
and then we go out on penalties to Rosenborg. And <laughs> Thistle. Uh, no, that's fine. No. Okay. Two. Two on both games, extra time in Rosenborg, and then I think it's 50 50 who takes it then. Oh, God. And what you're saying that we'll beat Thistle 2 1 in the I 90? We'll be, I, yeah, I think we'll beat Thistle 2 1 in the 90. Okay. Tagawa and Vargas getting two. That would be nice. First goals, that would, that be, would class. be nice. And then. Does Brian Graham still play for them? Yes, he, he does. He's, he's yeah. about the only one that stayed. The rest yeah, of them were raided. That's very true. Yeah, he'll get Can a Lewis goal Nielsen the... play? No. No. It's nice. an Alex Lowry situation against Rangers, no. okay. so he can't play against us. No, yeah. I, I just didn't know if we'd include that. Knowing our luck, we'd probably have, and he'll produce an absolute masterclass. I think so, anyway. I'm just kidding. You'd imagine that, that he's ineligible, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's one all in Rangers. Oh. Interesting. How long to go? But yeah, I 25. think two. I think two wins. I'm nice. going for it. I like it. You're Bobby you're never it. usually this bold. I, I think I'm just like I have no idea what's going to happen. It could be a Zurich situation, and I hope it is, barring the George Grant red card, I where could, I could just, we just are bouncing and then you know we actually got, win this time. I've got the fear that we're going to draw one each in midweek after taking the oh lead. God, oh, it could happen. And that would be a right kick in the nads but I think we'll yeah, beat Thistle good. comfortably okay maybe like a 3-1 2-0 something like that then we'll get Celtic in the next round oh yeah <laughs> guaranteed oh we're definitely yeah. getting one of the big two in Glasgow there's yeah. absolutely no doubt about that before we go we're going to enter going to enter going to end with a wee quiz enter the quiz zone honestly mate I'm knackered like what's going on <laughs> This fatigue just catching up to me. I don't know how this lot can play two games in a week. I can't even record one <laughs> podcast a week. Tragic. Right, first question. Is your multiple choice? Oh, God. And I thought that I'd take aim at our rivals here. <laughs> when was the last time that Hibernian opened the league season with two defeats from as many matches? Is it A, 2011-12? We all know what happened at the end of that season. B, 2012-13? C, 2013-14 or D 2014-15 It is 2013-14 as they ended up getting relegated at the end of that season Very good McIver and they lost to Motherwell and uh, Aberdeen Us Callum Patterson Bosch Oh was that one of the first two yes. games of the season? I that remember that, it was a heater eye. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was on holiday then. What a time to Heater in front of the Gorgi stand and he runs off to the corner. Correct. Gary walks hearts, what a time to be alive. Yep, that was class. So good start, one from one. One for one. Question number two. In last season's sole Scottish Premiership match between Hearts and Kilmarnock at Tynecastle, which the Jambos won 3 1, who scored the men in Maroons goals? Well, see, this is the thing. Folk were like, in a reply to us last week where we were speaking about, like, oh, we're always rubbish against the Tin Castle. Folk were like, oh, remember we beat them? And I was like, nope. I was at it, but I have absolutely no memory of that game. I remember us talking I, about it, but... I don't. I don't remember it happening at all. So I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to go Shankland, because fucking surely it Scored was. a brace, yes. And? Oh, so there's one. Yes. Eh... Was he here at this point? I'm... No. That's a wrong season, Daniel. He wasn't here last season. I was about to say Ellis Sims. I'm he was in this game. Top. 
I'm looking at that top. Uh, I'm going to go for Josh Ginelli. It's the correct answer. Very good. <laughs> Get in. Just take the two top goal scorers last season. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? I honestly thought that you were going to fall into some other trap. But I was nearly going to say Cochrane. Ah, like, I love that. <laughs> Oh, that's annoying. Two from two. Good I start, have McCann. no memory of that game I, at all. I think you're on for a five here. I really do. I don't. Desi, that. I'll now get this in wrong. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Shanklin celebrated his 28th birthday with a goal against Rosenborg. But which former 2012 Scottish Cup winner celebrates their birthday today, the 15th of August, as we record? Ryan McGowan. Correct! Three for three! <laughs> Mark Donaldson with your Twitter, yes! Get I was in. hoping you weren't paying attention. I, I thought what you were going to say there was Lawrence Shanklin scored his fourth goal in Europe for Hart. Whose uh, record did he tie equal with? Oh. With that, uh, do you know? Stephen Presley. MDV, really? Aye. Yeah. Wow. So I was right. I was like, he's asking it, and then you just totally changed. No, I, I thought, I thought, oh, raging at Mark. I honestly <laughs> thought that I was going to go under the radar with Gowser, but that's annoying. Right, three for three, you're definitely getting five here. Yeah. <laughs> no, because oh, then that puts so much pressure on the who am I? True or false, Daniel McIver. Oh. Rosenborg have previously reached the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I know they've definitely reached the round of 16. Okay. But have they... I'm going to say... They've been in it like 11 times. I'm going to say true and it was in like the 70s. <sighs> Daniel McIver. It is true. However... Yes! It was when in 1996-97. Bloody hell, that recently. Definitely. Oh, oh God! It's all relied on who am I? You're going to get this, five. though. I'm going to. I'm going to be raging with myself. I can't believe I didn't make this harder. Oh, right? God. Okay, MacIver to seal a perfect five from five. I made my heart's debut in a European tie, scoring in a one-all draw away from home against our continental opponents. Like Craig Gordon, I was stretched off one Christmas Eve playing for the Men in Maroon, having suffered a recurrence of an ankle injury. After leaving the Jambos, I re-signed for the club I joined them from. Having made my senior debut against Hearts four years before signing in Gorgie, I've only played in Scotland and recently dabbled in management at my last club before being sacked after an 8-0 defeat. Who am I? I have no idea. Uh, I'm now trying to think of, did De Vries go into management? <laughs> um, <laughs> after that. Right, the Christmas... Eve thing mm-hmm. has thrown me completely. That's good. <laughs> so, I'm just going to have to go very generic with the questions, I think. Okay. Can I, in order, get the clubs this man played for? Yes. Kilmarnock, Hearts, Kilmarnock, Queen of the South, Stranraer. I have a feeling it's not Mark De Vries. <laughs> So started at Killy, we signed him for Killy, and then he went back to Killy. Indeed. I can't think of anybody that we've signed from Killy. Can you read the clues again? Yes. I made my heart's debut in a European tie, scoring in a one-all draw away from home against our continental opponents. 
Like Craig Gordon, I was stretched off one Christmas Eve playing for the men in maroon having suffered a recurrence of an ankle injury. After leaving the Jambos, I re-signed for the club I joined them from. Obviously, that's Kilmarnock. Having made my senior debut against Hearts four years before signing in Gorgie, I've only played in Scotland and recently dabbled in management at my last club before being sacked after an 8-0 defeat. Who am I? I just didn't listen to the clues considering it says I've only played in Scotland and my yeah. brain went, it's Mark DeVries! <laughs> I thought right, I was going to so lead I'm, you down a straight path here. I've recently been in management, so he's retired. Is Connor Salmon retired? No, he's played for Halloween and stuff like that. And Falkirk and that. Has he played for Falkirk? Is that a thing? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I feel remember, like I remember... I remember Connor Salmon down south. When we beat him, when we beat them 1-0 with Claire in the cup, I think Connor Salmon mm-hmm. was playing for Falkirk then. Falkirk 2019-2021. Very good so it, was, it was that. Nice. Right. Can I just get a point for Connor Salmon? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I'm stuck between two questions. If I ask between what years was he at Hearts, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm not going to get that. The other one is who was the European team, but I'm terrible at remembering European <laughs> ties, so I don't think I'd be able to get it. So I feel like I need to go with someone else, but I don't know what. What is his surname? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> There's no point in me asking who did he recently manage because I don't pay attention. I don't know who got beat 8-0. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to ask what European team did he score and make his debut against? He made his competitive debut against Pax in a Europa League qualifier and scored in stoppage time to secure a one all away draw. Now, the problem is I can't remember if that's Levine circa <laughs> two, three, four, or if it's like the Palazuelos run in Europe. In that <laughs> what? The Palazuelos playing the Europa League. That's how I remember it. I can't remember who was manager <laughs> But it can't be Palazuelos. The, the other name that's in my head. It's Mehdi Taul. I have a feeling because he played for Kelly. I know that, but I have a feeling Mehdi Taul A isn't a manager. <coughs> B has played out with Scotland. That would be outrageous if he was a manager. We Mehdi. Right. I now just need to say a Scottish player because I don't know, and I'm gonna guess it's a right. Right. I know this. No, I can't say that because that's stupid. Because he played for Aberdeen. I was going to say Seve. I was just going to say Scott <laughs> Seven for a while. Eh, who is a player back then that was like synonymous with Kelly and has been a manager? Right. I'm telling you now. I'm getting four for five. I'm not getting this because I don't even have a name in my no, head. Nobody. I have a feeling this is going to be one that I'm not even when you say the name I'm not even going to go oh because I just won't have known they've played for Kelly or okay. something mental I did hope I, have, I, I did hope I'd catch you out with the Kelly malarkey I've got to be honest I have no one in my head no and I keep wanting to say Alan Mabry but that was the answer <laughs> ages ago for other stuff and it's not Alan Mabry because he played for Leeds and Hibs and all that so Let's just put Kevin McCarty. 
Piano he played for Killy, and he definitely didn't play in that game in Europe. But he's a guy who played for Killy, so that's and he's not old enough to be a manager, but still. Is incorrect. Okay, I'm shocked to hear it. Does he not play for Brecon, Kevin McCarthy? I I think he does. I don't know. Is he even alive? (laughs) I'll I'll search Kevin McCarthy after this. The correct answer was Jamie Hamill. Jamie Hamill played for Killy. Yes, we signed him from Kilmarnock. Right, I didn't know he played for Killy. I didn't know he was a manager. I didn't know he made his debut for us against Europe. And I don't remember Jamie Hamill ever scoring or getting stretched off. Uh, You have no idea how tempted I was to put the whole Derek Adams... uh, I would have got it if it was that. Exactly, so I was like, there's no way I'm putting that in. Hamill signed for Hearts on the 25th of May 2011 on a three-year contract. He made his competitive debut against Pax in a uh, a Europa League qualifier and scored a penalty in first-half stoppage time to secure a one-each-away draw, with his league debut coming on the 7th of August against Motherwell. Hamill quickly became Hearts' new penalty taker in the absence of Kevin Kyle, having scored one in a friendly against Royal Antwerp and scored against St Mirren on the 17th of September in the league. His first miss from the spot came against St Johnston, a game Hearts lost 2-1, of course we did. Uh, on the 24th of December, Hamill was stretched off during match against Motherwell, having suffered a recurrence of an ankle injury. Both penalties after his miss were taken by were both penalties after his miss were taken by other players and missed. That doesn't make any sense. It's a Hamill weird, I know what they mean, but it's a Pledging weird to return to penalty duties towards the end of the 2011-12 season, Hamill suffered a rupture of a cruciate knee ligament. And on 19th of April 2014, I just love how they've skipped over two years, during a 2-0 Scottish <laughs> Premiership win over Ross County, Hamill was involved in a curious altercation while scoring a penalty having been shoved by Ross County player Jan Songu. He then barged into Staggy's manager Derek Adams on the touchline, resulting in the Ross County boss falling to the floor and Hamill receiving the second yellow card from referee Willie Collum. He was given a four-match ban for the incident, with one of the matches suspended until the end of the following season. And then released, returned to Kelly when we were relegated. Yeah, Stran Rar. There you go. Um, on the 26th of May 2017, Hamill signed for Stran Rar. In June 2021, he was appointed as their manager. He was sacked on the 15th of April 2023, following an 8 0 defeat against. I couldn't even fucking have a guess. League Stran Rar are in. Montrose. East Fife. <laughs> wow. Are Stran Rar and Montrose in the same league? Uh, no, I think Stranraer League 2 and Montrose League 1. No matter. Well, fair play. Four Thank out of you. five, though. Thank you, I'll take that. Yeah, that was impressive, mate. That was good. I'll take that. That was very I'll good. Take that. Well, what wasn't very good was the performance at the weekend. But hopefully it's better for the next episode, where the two games that we'll be covering nice. then. We've got a lot of stuff to speak about, hopefully. And hopefully it's a lot of wins. So we hope you enjoy that. But we hope you have enjoyed this episode as well. If you have, please... Let us know on social media at Paisley on everything. Paisley at gmail.com if you want to fire us over any feedback there. If you have enjoyed it, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. That's massively helpful. And additionally, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a like, comment and subscribe. We've seen a massive increase in likes and comments recently on YouTube. So massively thank you to anybody who does that. It genuinely helps out a lot. So keep that going Adam where can they get you on all the socials uh, you can find my Jamie Hamill propaganda at Adam <laughs> T Kendo on all the socials what about yourself mate I'm at dmckiver 22 we'll be back next week to discuss the second leg against Rosenborg Party Thistle in the Cup anything else that happens in the meantime but until then we'll see you next time
Bye-bye. Come on the hogs!